In Hampton Court, England, there is a grapevine under glass just outside of London that is almost 1,000 years old. Some of the branches are over 200 feet long, and there is but one main stem that is uh, almost two feet thick. And yet, uh, despite its age, every year it continues to produce several tons of grapes. Even though some of the far branches are hundreds of feet away from that main stem, they're still producing because the life of the vine continues to run all the way to them. And friends, that's pretty much the familiar picture of John chapter 15. It's the imagery and the picture of a a well-kept vineyard and big old juicy clumps of grapes. And yet the key to understanding what Jesus is saying in John chapter 15 can really be narrowed down to one single word that Jesus repeats eight times in the eight verses of today's gospel. Remain. Remain in me, he says. So close of a a relationship does Jesus want there to be between you and him that he points at a vine and he says, that's me. And then he points at big old branches with lush fruit and he points at you and says, that's you. That's what I want you to be. So if you're going to be that, if your life is going to be filled with luscious fruit, well, then Jesus says, you're going to have to remain in me. But if that's what it takes to remain in him, is Jesus saying that as a warning or as an encouragement? Because if there's a tornado outside, the meteorologist is going to warn you. He's going to say, remain inside. Why? Because he has your safety, your life in mind. So when Jesus says, remain in me, why? Because he has your safety, your life, your eternity in mind. So this morning, let's find out what it takes to remain in Jesus, the Christ divine. And Jesus maybe gives some hints, three different ways that if if we are to remain in him, then this needs to be done. The first thing is we need to be planted by him. And then number two, we need to be pruned by him. And then number three, then we are producing for him. So remaining in the Christ vine, let's go to that first one. To remain in the Christ vine means we need to be planted by him. Listen to Jesus. He said, I am the true vine and my father is the gardener. And with those words, Jesus gives the one and only the most important thing in all of the world. And he says, that's going to be me. I'm the vine. It doesn't matter whether or not you lived this past week 
close to him, connected with him, or if you found yourself distancing and drifting away from him. It doesn't matter what was all going on in your life, no matter how busy you were with your schedules and what was going on. It doesn't change the fact that Jesus says, I am still, whether your life reflects it or not, I will always be the most important vine that you've got. But then it's interesting, after Jesus says, I'm the vine, he immediately points at his father and says, now he's the gardener. And you know what gardeners do. They plant. And so here's Jesus referring to the fact that the father has been the one that planted you. He transplanted you and grafted you in a way from darkness into the Christ vine. Your baptism was the day of your transplant. And because of that day, you, something changed. Uh, stubbly little branches were made clean. Jesus uh, told his disciples who were gathered around him, he said, you are already clean because of the word that I've spoken to you. The apostle Paul said, if the root is holy, then so will the branches be. My dad was quite a prolific gardener, which of course meant uh, kids are just cheap labor. And so every summer was filled with a lot of hoeing and a lot of digging. The master gardener dad would point at all of the little plants and he'd said, keep those, but then there'd be look-alike weeds. He says, those are the ones that you want to get out. In the garden plots of your lives, there not only is the work of the master gardener, but there is the work of the master destroyer. And when he looks at you, he looks at you as nothing more than a weed. His intent is to pull you out from the Christ vine. He wants you to forget Jesus' warning. Listen, if you won't remain in me, then you are like a branch that is thrown away, withers up, and is finally burned in the fire. See, the devil would like nothing better for you to get entangled into this world's vines and get you disattached slowly from the Christ vine. He wants your enthusiasm for Christ just to slowly kind of fade away. He wants your uh, faith to become so absorbed in other things of this world that eventually you dry out. The devil wants you to be part of his bonfire. When the devil looks at you, he would like you to be nothing more than a nice big piece of dead, dried out driftwood that he can add to his bonfire. So friends, are you a little parched? Have you become a little dried out in your faith? Are you a little brittle inside and therefore because of it you break into pieces so easily? I know you came in here for a little spiritual spritzer, but think of it this way. Wherever you go this time of the year, you look at the porches and they're filled with flowery plants and, and hanging pots. Tell me, can they look so beautiful if, 
if you just forget to water them? Maybe give them a little something once a week? The, the grass, the rain waters the grass, and that's why it's green. But when, there, when, when there is, that rain is all gone, will the grass stay green? Friends, how can you just think that getting by with a, a, a little Sunday morning spritz, is that somehow just going to last for the rest of the week? For weeks? For months? We can't forget Jesus' warning when he said, if you disattach your life from me, if, if, if you're going to live apart from my power, my love, my will, if you choose that kind of life, then, then someday the gig is going to be up. Because someday there will be a time in, in, in which the dump truck is going to come along. Because where I used to live, every Wednesday was when uh, the lawn debris truck would come, dump it in there, and I'd never see it again. There's a, there's a, a, a day called judgment in which all lawn debris, dry, brittle pieces of wood, that if they're lying on your lawn, you pick them up in order to mow Judgment Day is when everything that has been dried out, all stubble, all lawn debris is gathered, and it's taken to a bonfire that will never stop burning. I say, don't burn. Repent. And then remember how Jesus portrays his Father, not as a tyrant but as a gardener, a gardener who is protecting his plants, a gardener who, who, um, uh, who places his very thoughts into your minds, a gardener who gives you a new heart, a new mind. He gives to you a, a, a trust in his saving grace so that something, it's, it's almost unbelievable if it wasn't still very true. And that's the fact that God can take dead branches that were destined for the burn barrel and God reached in and he pulled them back out and he saved them. See, the miracle of the gospel that we talked about in the children's lesson is the, is the fact that God can take dead branches. If you took a dead branch and, and you stuck it into the ground and started watering it, you would have no hope. But that's the miracle. That God can take what is, what is or has been so dead in our lives and he is able to graft the sap of Jesus Christ so that it flows into you. His holiness, his rightness, all on his own by the power of his word and by his Holy Spirit. So I say, if, if, you've, if you've been languishing, if you've been uh, struggling, 
Remember that Christianity is, is not like a t-shirt that you put on. Being a believer is not simply promising, okay, I'm going to leave church, and I promise I'm going to live a little better. I, that, that's exactly what I want, wanted for God. It's not about your commitment and promise. It's simply about marveling and looking back with children and with a childlike faith, realizing something happened. In Ephesians chapter 2 this morning, that which was dead was made alive by God's mercy, and that is you. And it's to you then that Jesus promises, if you remain in me and my words remain in you, ask whatever you will and it will be done for you. Jesus promises, my roots will entwine with your roots of life. My word and your hearts, they will become one. And then you will stop praying and pleading, oh Lord, I, I just need you, I need more of you, um, please remain in my life. You're going to know he's there. He promised it. You believe it. Because his word says his blood was shed for you and his Holy Spirit continues to pray and intercede on your behalf. See, can you hear John chapter 15? This is the encouragement of Christ. It's more than just like a, a little pep talk for this morning. Uh, maybe, but maybe what you needed most was the promise. And the promise of, from the words of this, of this gospel is that, is that these words do as much comforting as they do commanding. That as much as they expect, God gives. And as much as, as, uh, they, as they command, it is truly given to you. Our Savior who produced the perfect and obedient fruit and now encourages you, produce fruit that is in your lives, but then he doesn't leave it up to you. Because when you do leave here, there will continue to be those moments of failure. There, there will be those times that you will fail to produce fruit for him. And yet, at the time of your failing, there still is a repentant faith. The kind of faith that, is, that looks eagerly to the forgiveness of, of sins. And then he tells you that, <clears throat> that he, you're going to help me help you. The Father simply says, remain in me, and then he, he gives you the help. Uh, listen, I am the true vine, and my Father is the gardener. He cuts off every branch in me that bears no fruit, while every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes so that it will be more fruitful. Which comes to our second word. Remaining in the Christ vine uh, means there's pruning that will be done by him. And this is one of those master gardener secrets where you and I would think pruning is kind of counterproductive. I mean, there are things that we want for our lives that just doesn't. Why, why would you take something that's part of our lives and, and prune it out? Jesus said the Father does it so that it will be even more, more fruitful. Even as much as we wince, the actual result is going to be something more, something better. Okay, so you applied and you didn't get it. It hurts. 
Maybe you look back at the, at the lifetime career and it didn't go the way that you planned. It hurts. Maybe you look at someone in your life, it, it could even be a spouse, and you wish that they would be a more active participant in the relationship, and by, by thinking about it, it hurts. Maybe it's just simply your body. It hurts, and because of it, you're not able to keep up with with the times that you like to spend with people, that hurts. So why does God let it happen? He's pruning. For what reason? <clears throat> why would he prune off something that seems to be absolutely uh, green and flowering and a part of the shrub? Well, if by pruning you get a more fuller and healthier shrub, then so also a fuller and more healthier you. And that's the third part, that by pruning, remaining in the Christ vine is meant to produce fruit, not just a solitary grape here or there, but luscious, big clumps of grape every day, every week. Galatians chapter 5 tells us what's the kind of fruit that, that God wants in your lives. It's love, joy, peace. Kindness, gentleness, self-control. Who doesn't need more of that fruit in their lives? God promises, remain in me, and I can give you and produce that kind of fruit for you. More of it for the glory of the Father and for the betterment of your lives. If you've been feeling, uh, if you just find yourself a little dried out, you've got a lot of worries and burdens, if you, if you are one of those worried branches, Jesus says this morning, I'm your vine. And if there are drifting branches, branches that have been slowly for a while now, drifting away from the Christ vine, Jesus says this morning, I still am your vine. To desperate people who are looking for spiritual answers, and maybe, just maybe, they're waiting for you to extend them to the invitation in order to find out. Jesus says, I am their vine. Listen, if God the Father could accomplish the greatest miracle and take dead you and restore you to life at your baptism, and then water you every single day with the waters of your baptism, well then may Jesus' own love and strength in us overflow as we all do the work of God's church and invite others to remember and to remain in the Christ vine, planted, pruned, and producing for him. May God's Holy Spirit keep you in the Christ vine. Amen. Would you please rise?